Opinions expressed on the Ice Free Fitness podcast are those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent Blind Alive. No comments are meant to diagnose or treat any particular condition, but to assist you on your journey to wellness. Please consult your doctor if your questions are of a medical nature. Hey everybody, this is the Eyes Free Fitness Podcast number 48. I am Mel Scott, and I'm back from my travels. I went to Minneapolis to the American Council of the Blind Conference. We had a booth there, and it was so much fun. I met so many people, people that I've heard their names through social media and It was so nice to actually meet and talk to people. I got a really big kick out of people coming by the booth and singing the Blind Alive jingle. I thought that was pretty fun. And I feel like we really reached a lot of people that didn't know that there are now well-described fitness programs and we have a lot of choices. I feel really grateful that so many people seemed interested and I feel very validated and it's probably redundant, very validated. Oh, well, that's okay. (laughs) We all can make mistakes in our words sometimes, I guess. But anyway, it was a good, good time. Glad to be back and be in my own territory again. I have to tell you a funny story, though. Jingles, my guide dog, uh, had her in a crate in the back of the booth, behind the booth, because I knew that I did not want to worry with her and have her interacting with all the dogs, and I needed to have control over that. So I put her in a crate behind the booth, and at one point, the booth was swamped with people. All of us were talking to people. Marilyn, the um, back-de-pack designer, was talking to people. Stu, my husband, was talking to people or taking orders. I was talking to people, and I felt like there were a lot of dogs around, and a dog was licking my leg, and I couldn't resist that. So I reached down to touch the dog, and I thought, wow, this feels like a really familiar dog. And I ran my hand up to the collar, and the dog was not attached to a person. So alarm bells went off, and I realized, wait a minute, this is my dog. And She was just hanging out, meeting and greeting and standing next to me, all the dogs that came by. She wasn't causing any trouble or anything, but um, it kind of got my uh, adrenaline pumping there for a minute. So I took her back to put her in her crate, and I checked, and I thought, gosh, you know, it seems like it's closed. So I ran my hand all the way around, and this crate has two zippers, and I had only zipped it three quarters of the way, and there was still enough left for her to get out. And that's what she did. (laughs) So anyway, it ended happily ever after, but it was pretty funny. I was pretty gratified, actually, that she just came and stood beside me. She didn't go anywhere and was just talking to all the dogs that came by. So that was kind of a fun story that happened. Another thing was a lot of people talked to me about the kinds of exercises that they like to do. And a lot of people mentioned swimming and were wanting to know more about aquasize or water exercise. And it just so happens that my fitness instructor teaches swimming lessons 
And she also teaches people that have different kinds of disabilities or different kinds of physical issues. And I called her up and I got a podcast with her just this week. And that's who we're going to be talking to today. Her name is Barb Seiden. We're going to talk about water exercises and all the things that you can do in the water. We also have a Let's Eat segment today where Peggy and her daughter are talking about making smoothies. So that'll come up right after we talk with Barb Seiden. Hey, Barb. It's good to have you on our podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So spell your last name for us so people know how to spell that. My last name is Seiden. It's spelled S as in Sam, E-I-D as in dog, E-N as in Nancy. So you are a swimming teacher. You teach swimming lessons. It's kicksmart.com. And so I'm I'm really curious to know how you got to where you are and, you know, where did you go to school? And just tell us a little bit about your your background. Sure. And it's actually kicksmartswimming.com. Okay, good. Good. And I started off years ago. I actually was in business and went to school at Ohio State University and graduated with a degree in business administration and human resource management. I did that for a number of years, but kind of felt like there was something missing. And I'd always had a swimming background. I swam all throughout high school competitively. I was a lifeguard throughout college. I taught swim lessons throughout college. And I kind of came to this point in my life that I wanted a little different something. Um, that would be fulfilling. And I went back to school to become a health and phys ed teacher. So I went to school at Westchester University, and I majored in kinesiology, as well as I had a minor in adaptive physical education, so working with people with special needs. So from there, I not only became a certified physical education teacher, but I also got more in-depth experience working in the aquatic field with people of all different types of abilities. In particular, we worked uh, with a camp called Camp Abilities, which is a camp for those youth that are blind or visually impaired, and we just did lots of different sporting activities, including swimming. And from there, it just kind of grew into more and more swim lessons and more and more activities with people with disabilities, and here I am at Kicksmart Swimming with Mostly children, but some adults, and again, people with all different kinds of abilities that I work with. Oh, that's that is so fabulous! And I remember you telling me a little bit about how you did that with blind and visually impaired people, and you had a method where someone would stand at the end of the pool and tap people on the head when they came up to the edge. Is that what you did? Well, actually, there's a lot of different techniques that you can work with people who are blind or visually impaired in the water. So, for example, the point that you're making right there, that's whenever we have somebody who's either finishing a race or doing a flip turn to continue a race. So the coach and the athlete, they work together to kind of know when's the appropriate time. But the coach would take a noodle or a tapping stick, and they would tap the athlete on their head. And that would tell the athlete when it's time to either finish the stroke or to do a flip turn so that they can continue on. 
Oh, that, yeah, that is, that sounds like so much fun. I used to love to swim. And, you know, if I had a pool to myself, that was, that was great. I mean, I still love to swim, but I still would like to have the pool to myself and not have a lot of people in, in my way. (laughs) Well, and that's one of the things I even work with my, any of my students with. We talk about literally having their eyes open because if you close your eyes or you can't see underneath the water, you might run into something. And of course, that's something you don't want to have happen. Right, right. So let's talk about water exercise. I, I met a lot of people recently at the American Council of the Blind conference, and I had so many people tell me that they love being in the water and you know, will I create a water workout? And, you know, it's something I would love to do eventually. But I thought, okay, well, let's do a podcast about this and and address the topic. So tell me, or whoever's listening, (laughs) (laughs) tell us, tell us, um, who is water exercise good for? Water exercise is for anyone, any age, any ability. We do water exercise with young children, and we do water exercise with 85-year-old adults, any abilities. I even work with mostly adults who are petrified of the water, and we do water exercise together. It's taking, using the water as resistance, Sometimes you'll hear in general exercise that you can have gravity resistance in order to do some strength training or cardiovascular endurance. But with swimming and using just the water in a pool, you constantly have resistance on all different aspects of your body. So you can make something as easy or as difficult as possible. You can do cardiovascular exercise. So that would be, say, a running or a walking in the water. You could do strength training in the water where you do squats or you have other equipment that can help you add resistance as you're lifting your arms or your legs. So it's for anyone, any size, the challenge is finding a pool. Right. Yeah. You have to have access to a pool and that's that's key. And it's it's so lovely to do all year round, too. I mean, you can be outside in a pool, or in the winter, you can be inside in a heated pool, and it just it just feels so refreshing, you know, and so good for your joints. It is amazing for people with all different kind of joint issues, people with arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, people with lower back or any type of back issues. It can be very soothing to have that slight pressure of the water on their body parts. People who have autism actually do really well in the water because the calming effect that water can have. So that's just an example of a whole population that really benefits from having that aquatic experience. Oh, yeah. I just, I I love it. So I like to use some equipment in the water, what kinds of things could be useful for doing water exercise? Well, in general, all you need is a bathing suit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
please, please wear your bathing suit. Yeah. Um, well, but, we won't we, go well, there. I <laughs> but there are a lot of additional things that you can use. There are these aqua belts that you can put around your torso. And they act almost like a bubble, like giving you a little flotation. And you can use that to go into the deep end uh, where you can do some running and doing leg lifts and general swimming you can do with the with that type of flotation device. So it can be doing something where you're standing up or being prone or laying down on the water using that type of an aqua belt. There are these small barbell-looking foam. Uh, I'm trying to think what they look. They look like little barbells or hand weights, but they're made out of foam. And that also provides some flotation and resistance. So pushing that foam underneath the water is giving you some strength training. There are also some other paddles that you can use that you can push against the water with your hands that can provide you with resistance in all different directions. The paddles can be fitted to your hands. Again, they look very much like small barbells or free weights. Flippers are really fun to use. Fins or flippers are really fun to use for strength training in the water. They do make you go very fast. <laughs> However, to actually move the flippers uh, when they're on your feet can be very difficult and challenging. The great uh, workout for your hips, your abdominal muscles, your lower back, whenever you're doing kicking. We also use just general kickboards or longer barbells to hold on with your hands if you want to just do kicking in the water. Hmm. And this is something where you'd need more length to the pool to be able to do that. It's not something that you would do in place. But you could kick on your stomach, on your back, on your side, holding on to a barbell or a kickboard. I like to just hold on to the edge of the pool and just lean my head back on the edge of the pool and use my arms to hold myself and just kick with my lower body. That works pretty well, too. That works really well. And that's something that's right there. You've got the edge of the pool. I also buy noodles, long foam noodles, and you can get them at the dollar store for a do- for you know, literally a dollar. Yeah. And those you can also put underneath your neck as you're laying on your back, and you can just lay, rest your head or your neck on the noodle and help yourself float on top of the water and then kicking. What I love um, to do with the noodles is, is sit on it. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, sit on it, and then you can <laughs> just hang out and kick and work your arms at the same time. Well, and as you're as you're describing sitting on it, you can sit on it a couple different ways. One way is make it look like a swing, so you just make it into a U shape, or you can straddle the noodle, and we call it like sitting on a horse. Right. And you can do running. You can do with with that balance, and it's actually sitting on it like a horse is a little easier from a balance standpoint. Right. Yeah. I I do it. I do it both ways. Noodles are great. They're just fun to play with. And if you are working with any younger people, they're just anything that you can incorporate play makes any kind of swim activity fun. Um, and we have a lot of, with the rate of childhood obesity now, there are a lot of initiatives that are going into place with trying to engage young children into athletics or any kind of physical activity. And so swimming, using the noodles to make it fun, that's very helpful. So let's talk a little bit about orientation for blind or visually impaired person. I I know that 
Sometimes you can use the rope if there's a rope that's going across the pool, but I've also heard of people using a bungee cord you know, attached to the ladder mm. or something like that so that a person doesn't feel disoriented. A bungee cord is a really fun tool that you can use for swimming. Um, and this, and whenever I've used the bungee cord and or done it, you know, done it myself or with anybody that I'm teaching, it is mostly to add resistance as you're doing a stroke such as freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke, or butterfly. And so you can be attached at the waist. So you just put the cord around your waist, attach it to either somebody holding it or the railing of a ladder, and you can use that just to swim almost in place. So it's a really nice use for somebody who doesn't want to get out into the open space of the pool. And they just can use the cord just to guide themselves back to where they started from. That's a really nice use for bungee cords. Um, we also use the lane line. So in a lap pool, there are these plastic lines that go the whole way from one end to another. And a lot of swimmers, visually impaired or not, use those as a guide to just kind of make sure that they're staying in a straight line. You can feel it whenever you're in the water. You can kind of feel the waves going against the lane lines and, and coming back towards you so you know when you're close to it or further away from it. Hmm. That's a really great tool. Now, something that I learned through my education and going uh, and becoming a certified adaptive physical educator were diving boards. So if a person is interested in going on a diving board, there's actually little dots that take you from one end of the diving board to the end where you would literally dive off. And those dots get smaller and smaller as you get closer to the end of the pool. And the whole surface of the diving board changes. So somebody who can't see the diving board can feel it with their feet and they can tell how far away they are from the end. And that's another really interesting tool, but it's already there at your, your general pool that you could use. Huh, that's interesting. Now, I haven't heard of that. I used to do diving, and but at that time I had some vision, and, you know, I could imagine it being a little bit a little bit spooky, um, a trust, definitely a trust thing. So I have to tell you what I used to do. I used to spend so much time in the swimming pool growing up. That's where I, I lived, you know, at the, <laughs> at the pool. And what I would do with the diving board is I would swim up underneath it. This was when there was not many people in the pool and the lifeguard was being feeling nice. I would jump up from the bottom and grab the diving board and use it to do pull-ups. Oh, how fun is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, you know, lift my, and, you know, lifting your body out of the water like that is is tough. It's a, well, speaking of that, that uh, diving board in backyard pools or home pools does not have a lot of spring to it. Legally, they aren't allowed to have spring to them. They're basically just board. They're just hard, stiff boards. So that makes it very easy for somebody who has a home pool that they can just reach up and grab that diving board and do the pull-up. You can also do pull-ups just on the end of the pool. I have my competitive athletes. They do not just a pull-up so their chin is over the edge of the pool, but they take, they grab onto the side of the pool. They go all the way down under the water with straight so their arms are straight. Yeah. And then they push themselves all the way up so that they are 
their arms are straight again, but they're out of the pool with their hands on the edge of the pool. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that but makes sense. But it's a pull up all the way up to your waist. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, a lot of us pull ourselves up out of the pool anyway and then do that that twist where you end up sitting down on the pool. I remember when I first mastered that, pushing up out of the pool and then turning quickly so that I'm sitting down. I just thought I was so cool when I could do that. I can't do it now. But <laughs> Well, and here, well, then here's your challenge move whenever you're ready to get back into it. You do that same where you go all the way under the water, then you push yourself up the so that not only are you resting on your hands, but then you push yourself even more so that you, both your feet come underneath you. So if you've ever heard of the term burpee, oh, it's yes. kind of a oh, water gosh. burpee. Oh, so man. Up all the way up, and both feet land on top of the cold deck. And that's what I do with my competitive athletes. They have to do those type of exercises. Wow. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. The mm-hmm. other thing that I do is put my legs up on the side of the pool. So you're, you know, you're hanging back in the pool with your knees and feet up out of the water. So your knee, and then I do sit-ups from... Oh, that's an awesome workout. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pulling yeah, myself exactly. out of the water towards my knees that mm-hmm. that way. Um, it's like a, it's a full sit-up almost, but you're laying upside down. The only thing you have to be careful about is make sure you blow air out your nose. Otherwise, water goes right up your nose if you're doing that. Oh, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no to self. Yeah. Blow air out your nose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is very helpful. Another thing you can do using the wall are dips. So you would say you're sitting on the side of the pool and your hands are resting on the edge of the pool. You bring your bottom off the edge so it's over the water, and you bend your elbows down and push them up again. And that's a dip. That's for the back of your arms. That's for your tricep muscles. Right. And that's another thing that you can do that's just simple. It's right there, no equipment necessary. Right. So let's let's just talk about some other things you can do. You can tread you can tread water. That's always easy to do in the in the deep end. And this is without any equipment at all. And, of course, you can walk in place. But what about some of the strength exercises that you can do without using any equipment at all? Well, and some of the strength moves, you can use the shallow end or the deep end. So with the shallow end, strength moves that I do, for example, with your legs, I'll have people do squats. So they can squat down underneath the water. You can get in your face wet or not, where you bend at your knees and you Bring yourself down like you're sitting in a chair, and then you push up really hard, and you can bring yourself up and you know through the water and up, and then back down again. And that type of squat is a great cardiovascular exercise, but it's also great strengthening for your quadriceps and your glutes. So that's the front of your leg, your thigh, and your bottom. Sounds fun. And that's, a, <laughs> that's a really fun one. You can also do just a more modified, an easier, relaxing type of of exercise of leg lifts. So straight leg lifts to the front, to the side, and to the back. Now that would mimic something more like a bar workout where you're toning your muscles. That you tend to do more in the shallow end, that type of workout. So it's important to keep your low back protected when you're doing that. So you really have to keep your core muscles tight mm-hmm. when, yes, you, when definitely. you do that. And I'm glad you pointed that out because you do, you want to keep your stomach 
really firm. And sometimes you'll hear people say belly button to your spine and keeping your body as upright as possible, not leaning forward, not leaning back, just keeping straight. If you have a hard time keeping your back straight, you can just have your back up against the wall of the pool and then doing those same leg lifts. So that'll encourage you to have that straight flat back and not leaning in any direction. Oh, it sounds so that's something that's easier. And then, of course, you know, walking in place, just walking in the pool or, or marching or running in the shallow end, you can, you can do. Uh, uh, jumping jacks. I'll have jumping jacks. We'll do regular tuck jumps. So you jump up and tuck up and then come back down again. Those are fun things that you can do in the shallow end. Now, with, you mentioned treading water. I also love to encourage uh, running in the water. So you can use the the belt that I described before, so the aqua belt to right. help you fix flotation or not. And I actually prefer not using that because then you're really having to work your body to keep your body on top of the water, your head of, of water, and you make a running motion as if you're sprinting down the runway. You have your arms moving forward and backward. You keep your elbows at a 90-degree angle so you can get your arm workout that way as well as your leg workout. And that's actually what I do personally whenever I'm doing exercise other than traditional swimming strokes. That sounds, it sounds fun. You know, it just sounds so much fun. It makes me want to go to the pool right now. <laughs> I know, it's fun. And another thing I like about that is you can do it with a friend and you could be together and you can talk as you're going and you can go straight, you can go in circles, you can do whatever direction works for you. Um, you can challenge yourself by, say, running a little faster or treading water a little faster so that you bring your body up even higher out of the water. That's very difficult to do. So there's lots of ways that you can make it more intense or less intense so with the, the water. So the aqua belt, is that the official name for it? So let's say somebody wanted to go to Amazon and order one. Is that what they would search for? I would do a search on Aqua Belt. I'm not sure if that's a name brand or if that's just the generic term that we in the industry use. I, what we'll do is research it and put links to it on our in our show notes and mm-hmm. maybe even on our uh, fraud product <laughs> our favorite product picks page. <laughs> That's very hard ah. to say. Very hard to say. And that way people can link to it uh, from our website to, to Amazon. So if people want to get one of those belts, they can they can do that. And uh, so... I don't know if I'm allowed to promote a website for the place that I get all my equipment. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what is it? Is swimoutlet.com. Okay, so uh, swimoutlet.com dot com is a good place to go get any kind of pool exercise equipment. Definitely. There's a number of different places, but as far as having a great selection and you can pick from something that's extremely expensive to something that's extremely not expensive on their website, you have just lots of choices. So in our industry, in the aquatic industry, they're pretty standard for just the general population of where you can get exercise equipment for aquatics. Oh, okay. So that's fabulous. So you think this website is pretty trustworthy in terms of its quality? Definitely. Uh, I know I have ordered a lot of things from there, and their shipments are very fast. 
I've never had any problems with any of the equipment, no damages, things like that. So okay. very reputable. Great. We'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes as well. So, Barb, this has been a super conversation, and it's it's one of those things that I would totally love it eventually to even take more in-depth look at some of the the exercises or maybe even a routine. So maybe we can revisit that later on. But so for now, tell us what your website is and, you know, contact information and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, and I've enjoyed this tremendously. So thank you so much, Mel. You're welcome. You you always have fun talking about something that you're interested in. Um, (laughs) But you can always find me at our website. It's kicksmartswimming.com. And I clarify that it's not kickstart. Yes. That was already taken. It's kicksmart. Smart, yes. Swimming.com. I can be found there. I also do have personal training that I offer that does include some aquatic therapy and aquatic exercise. You can find that information at Barb personaltraining.com. And I have to give you a plug right now because you have been working with me on a fitness training. We've been learning TRX, which is a whole other uh, topic that we'll hopefully revisit eventually. But uh, for now, yeah, it's great fun. I would love it. I would love to share that. Yeah. And I can be found on Facebook at Barb Fitness and Swim. Okay, bar. Okay, say that again. Barb Fitness and Swim. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And Twitter, and LinkedIn, and Google Plus, and all those other wonderful social media outlets. <laughs> Do uh, you have a blog, Barb? I have a blog that I keep. Maybe I do about three or four blogs a year, and that is associated with my personal training website, the Barb's Personal Training. You can easily find my blogs there. Okay, good. Good, good. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up, and it's been a huge pleasure, and I'm sure we could just keep babbling on, but people can can uh, get hold of me, of course, at blindalive.com and ask any questions through our contact form. And so I think that's it. Thank you so much, Barb. Well, Mel, thank you so much. And don't hesitate to reach out to me anytime. If anybody has any questions, I'd be more than happy to help. Are you interested in finding products which will help you to read and write easily and intuitively via your iOS device? The VoiceStream Reader and Writer applications may be just what you're looking for, and Mystic Access can assist you in using them effectively with our comprehensive audio tutorials. With VoiceStream Writer, you can enter, select, move, and format text easily and conveniently. Import and export text. Proofread. Define words, get help finding the exact words you want to use, and more. With VoiceStream Reader, you can read in a variety of formats and using various services such as Bookshare and Project Gutenberg. Choose your reading speed, font, reading voice, and the manner in which you wish to read your text. The VoiceStream apps can make your reading and writing, well, a dream. And Mystic Access provides you with the ability to learn to use these apps in a fun and enjoyable manner. Check out the VoiceStream apps for iOS at voicestream.com. 
and learn about the Mystic Access audio tutorials for VoiceDream Reader and VoiceDream Writer for iOS at mysticaccess.com. Or call us to order your tutorials via phone at 716-543-3323. Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat, y'all. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. You ready to eat? Let's eat. Let's eat. Hello, everyone. I'm Peggy, and I'd like to welcome you to another Let's Eat segment. Today's segment is going to be Smoothie 101. Smoothies have become very popular in the last few years, but I find them very intimidating. I never know how much of anything to put in a smoothie or what goes with what. Some people are very talented with them, like our Mel. She can drop anything into a blender and it comes out a lovely, delicious smoothie. I've also found that people of my daughter's generation, the millennial generation, they seem to be able to just drop things into a blender and they come out right. I'm not one of those people. Smoothies still intimidate me. I never know what to use. So today I've invited a guest to help us, and it's not Wayne. Today we have my daughter, Sarah, who is the queen of the smoothies in our house and is going to show us how to make a good smoothie. So Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I hope that you can help me lose some of my smoothie intimidation. Okay, well, first of all, there's really nothing scary about smoothies. Like any recipe, smoothies have basic components to them. The smoothie we're gonna make today is a green smoothie. It's called a classic green. Um, And it's called that because one, the color comes out a really pretty pistachio green color, but also because it's got a lot of greens in it. Um, For most smoothies, you wanna have a liquid, a protein source, a veggie source, and a fruit to sweeten it. So you want it as naturally sweet as possible? Correct. The fewer add-ins you can do as far as sugars, the better. Because it'll help you add more content that will give you healthy benefits without adding extra calories that you don't need. Okay. So stay away from syrups, powders, things like that if you possibly can. Um, The smoothie we're making today has a banana, a pear, a cup of soy milk, a cup of fresh spinach, and a tablespoon of almond butter. Almond butter is an excellent source of protein in smoothies because it doesn't have as strong a taste as peanut butter. When you add peanut butter, you have to make sure that the fruits that you use combine well, like strawberries or bananas. Um, Some things like mango and peanut butter are a little bit on the exotic side. So almond butter is great because it adds a little bit of natural sweetness. It adds plenty of protein. It tastes good but it also gives you a nice creamy balance in your smoothie. And all the fruits give you fiber. The fruit will give you fiber. Um, Spinach is great to use because when you're adding greens to a smoothie, you can use just about any greens. You can use chard, kale, spinach, romaine, whatever you have that's green and leafy. But you also gotta remember it's gonna have taste. Right. So if you're really new to smoothies, the best thing to do is, if you're wanting green smoothies, start with spinach. Spinach has a very mellow and soft taste that kind of blends into what you're doing. Okay. It gives you fiber and it gives you vitamin K, vitamin C, vitamin A, also has potassium, but it also doesn't add a lot of flavor. Kale is amazing in a smoothie, 
but it's going to have a different texture and taste. It's a little bitter. Yeah, it's going to add yeah. some bitter taste to it, and it's going to be a little chunkier. Spinach has a softer leaf, so it grinds up a little bit better when you go to put it in your blender. Right. Now, when you do any kind of smoothie with greens you do have to blend it a little bit longer unless you want a chunky smoothie some people like that if you want a really smooth creamy smoothie that you can just sip then you're going to want to blend it a little longer and kale is going to go even longer because it does have such a thick and hearty leaf to it i don't want to have to chew my smoothie yeah you said some people do like that and there's nothing wrong with that but in this for this smoothie we want something that we can sip okay um now with your liquid again you don't want to use something that's going to add a lot of extra calories that you don't need. You want something that's going to add liquid to give it, you know, a lighter texture. I don't advise using a lot of fruit juices. You can, absolutely. I would say look for ones that don't have a lot of added sugar because it will up your calorie content without giving you the additional nutritional benefits that you want. Well, if you can do something that adds protein, that helps as well. It does so. help counterbalance it for sure. Yeah. For the most part, I like using soy milk because soy milk and coconut milk, both, are very healthy. They're good for you. They tend to be a little bit thinner than milk, you know, the regular right. dairy milk. And it tends to give you a much better, it'll, it'll really give you a nice, smooth, well-blended, balanced smoothie. Right. It gives you some texture as opposed to making it really thick. Right. It thins it out a little but it still gives you that bonding creaminess okay. that holds it all together. So what we're gonna start with are pear. So I have a green Bartlett pear here, and I'm gonna start, the easiest method for me anyway, is to cut it in half, long ways. And pears have a nice thin core that you can cut right through. Right. And then cut each half in half long ways again, right so down the center quarters. of the core. And then you can just run the edge of your knife from one end to the other of each quarter Down where the, the core is. Part. Yep, where yeah. the core is, and it'll just pull the core right off. That's great. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Well, that's a good lesson in pear cutting that I never knew. And you want to leave the skin on because the skin does have some good health benefits, and it will also give you some texture in your smoothie without adding crunchy bits. Okay. And it also has a good flavor to it. Now, some things have like a really tough skin, like mango, you never want to leave the skin on, obviously. Right. Um, but pears, apples, um, things like that, you can usually leave the skin on. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to cut each quarter long ways again. So you have it in it. eighths. Okay, and then you're going to dice it. So you can just hold the two pieces together after you've cut them long ways, and then just make little shortcuts crossways. Okay. And I'm going to put those in my smoothie, in my blender. Okay. And you're going to use the whole pear. And yes, I am using a whole pear. Now, usually you want to go for a much riper one than this. This one is just ripe. The softer your fruit is, often the better it's going to be for your smoothie. So leftover fruits or fruits uh-huh. that are on the edge of going are probably good. To and use. what's really great is something that's really neat that you can do. You can take fruits that are seasonal but are on the edge, chop them up, and freeze them. You can portion them out in a Ziploc bag. Like a sandwich um, baggie? Mm-hmm. And you can even like mark on that bag, you know, what combination of fruit you have. Like you can have like chopped up mango and banana and some raspberries. And you can put on the bag, add a cup of milk and some almond almond butter butter or whatever you want to put in it or add a yogurt. Mm -hmm. A really quick, easy way to do a smoothie is your basic banana, 
your basic fruit that you have handy, whatever you've got, whether it's an apple, some peaches, uh, whatever. And then if you have single serve yogurts, like say the Yoplait locale yogurts, you can just take one of those and throw that in there with it and blend it for something quick. Yeah. That's like a quick on the go, you know, running out of time to work type of smoothie. Okay. Do you have to throw an ice cube in there with it? I like to. I use crushed ice though. Okay. Use crushed ice because if you use cubed, it's going to come out more like a slushy. Okay. And I'm not really sure why exactly. I guess because of the, there's more ice, ice than you in big think. Chunks, yeah. But if you use a crushed ice, it cools it down without adding texture to How it. How much do you think you would add? I usually just do a, the amount that'll fit in the palm of my hand, okay. a small handful. Okay. And that's for a single serving. I mean, if you're doing like enough for several people, yeah. obviously you'll want more. But we're right. we're using a small ninja blender, so it basically makes one serving. Mm-hmm. I believe it holds up to five cups of liquid, is what it says. But in this case, because you're adding a lot of chunky things, obviously you don't want that yeah. much. Okay. Now that I have cut up my pear and I put that in the blender. I have a banana. I'm going to go ahead and peel the banana. Again, this is a fruit that you don't want to put the peel in. <laughs> Not going to taste too great. No, I don't think so. And again, the softer your fruit is, the better. But in this case, this one's a little bit just ripe. So. And you just want to sort of cut it into chunks. There's no real right or wrong way with the banana. You just don't want a whole banana smushed into your blender. Right. So I have just sliced it quickly. And I'm going to throw that in. Okay. And then I'm going to add my spinach, and you're going to use about a cup or really just a good handful. Okay, so you just take a nice big handful. So a nice big handful. And remember that spinach is going to condense, so squish it good. And it's okay if your spinach is a little bit on edge. Um, it's just going to make it a little bit easier to blend it, frankly. And you want to push it down into the blender a little bit because, again, spinach will condense. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and turn my blend. I'm going to put my lid on. I have a question, though. If you were going to use something like chia seeds or flax seeds or something like that, would you add them at the very end or would you put them in and blend them also? I would say put them in at the beginning. Okay. Um, because you want them to grind up. Okay. Um, and you can put seeds, grains. Um, sometimes I put raw oats in a smoothie, but you want to grind them first almost into a flour. Okay. So throw those in first before you add any fruit. Okay. And just Turn your smoothie on for a few seconds. I know chia seeds have gotten mm -hmm. very popular in and you can let seeds. it. Let, basically, it's going to make it thicker because it's like it's like making a roux almost okay. with your smoothie. So you're going to be making a powder that's going to mix with your liquid. So it's going to thicken it a little. So you'll got to you know make sure you consider what you're putting in it so you thin it enough that you can actually like drink it. Right. So how long do we blend this? Well, we're doing it in stages. So the first one just has our pear and our banana and our spinach. Okay. And I'm going to put the lid on. All right. We haven't added our liquid yet. No, no liquid yet. And basically, I'm going to blend it for about 20 to 30 seconds. Okay. Just to grind up the fruit and spinach. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. lightly combines everything and it brings down the level to about half full in the blender now and I'm gonna add a cup of soy milk and I'm using silk unsweetened original soy milk if you use sweetened it does taste good but it does add a lot of extra calories again so I prefer to sweeten using natural sugar or whatever is already currently in your fruit I tend to like that 
unsweetened vanilla almond breeze as well. Vanilla almond breeze is good. Almond milk does have a little flavor to it. Right. Soy milk does not have any taste, which is why I like it. It adds liquid and, and health benefits with no taste. Mm. Almond milk is an acquired taste. It's a good taste. Pro tip, if you get Dunkin' Donuts coffee, get almond milk in it, and it will taste exactly like a liquid form of an old-fashioned donut. Wow. But again, almond milk and different fruits don't always taste quite good so good together. together okay. So you do want to think about it, you know, what you're putting in. All right, so I've added my soy milk. And that was one cup, and now I'm going to put a tablespoon of almond butter. And the almond butter I have is Jif Creamy Almond Butter. Um, some almond butter separates, and you have to stir it. This does not separate, thankfully, because yeah. it makes it a lot easier. And some almond butter is a little bit crunchier, even though it's the non-separating kind. Yep. And this is a very creamy one, which yeah. is why I like it. It's probably slightly more processed. If you're a real mm -hmm. health food person, you would want to go to your health food store and get, you know, almond butter or Justin's or something. And this I but, got at Publix. So. Yeah, <laughs> this one comes from Publix. And it may not be the purest of the pure, but for our purposes, it works. We don't, you know, we it's have, also amazing on toast. We have a couple of blind people in our family. We don't like always having to mix it up and make sure that all the lumps are out of it. So you're going to put a tablespoon in your blender. Okay. And, of course, trying to get it out of the spoon is the fun part. Almond butter is stickier than peanut butter. It is. It, but it tastes awesome. Yeah, it is good. Okay. So now that we've done that, so we've added a pear, a banana, a cup of spinach, a cup of soy milk, and a tablespoon of almond butter. Okay. And so I'm going to go ahead and put the lid back on. Okay. How long do we need to blend it this time? This time you want to blend it for a minute or two. And it's kind of a to-taste thing. Um, if you are blind, the best way to test is after you've blended it for about two minutes, take the lid off and just stick your finger down in there and feel and see if you have any like chunks of leaf. Okay. You can feel the texture. If it just feels creamy, then you're done. If you want it a little bit more fine, more well-browned, you can do that. Now it makes it a little bit easier to grind up the spinach a little first before you right. add everything. That's, That's why, why you do we that. do that. Okay. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and put the lid on. And you want to make sure before you put the lid on that you don't have any almond butter around the sides because then it's not going to go down into your smoothie. Right. So we're going to put the lid on and we're going to blend. That was two minutes. Take the top off here. Now, if you want, you can go ahead and stick your finger in there and see what it feels okay. like. Okay. It feels creamy to me. It is. It's very creamy at this point. I don't think there's any. And it should be a really nice light green color with some darker flecks. Because you're not going to ever completely dissolve everything that you've put in a smoothie. Right. It'll feel creamy, but you're still going to see little speckles. Now this one, even though it does have refrigerated milk, it's still a little cool to the touch. So we're going to put some ice in it. Okay. And, and you said about a handful, right? Approximately a half a cup of crushed ice. Okay. We have a refrigerator that has a crushed ice, crushed ice feature, so. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and add that. And this is easier when you do the blending because you can listen to it. Right. And when you just, when it's not rattling anymore, and when you turn off your blender and you don't hear any little rattles rolling around, then you know it's done. Okay. I'm putting the lid back on. didn't hear any rattling and we're done.
So. So now, take the lid off. Now, my, my blender has a nice little pour spout. So I'm going to go ahead and take off my blade so I don't drop it. And then we're going to put this into two cups. Now, this smoothie makes one big serving that equals a meal. You can use it as a meal replacement. What did you say? It's about 360 Approximately calories? Approximately 365 calories okay. for this. Um, so, and it has a good amount of protein. And that does depend on which almond butter you use and what type of milk you choose to use. Right. Um, so if she were wanting to do this for breakfast, she would put this in a good-sized smoothie cup and drink the whole thing. Since we're doing this podcast, she's going to use two smaller cups and she and I are going to share it. And we'll probably add toast or something to our breakfast, something else, just to uh, give us a little something else. Because we'll be eating about 100 and, what, about 190 calories per person. So um, here is your smoothie. Let's see how it tastes. Cheers. Not bad. I can kind of taste the almond butter. It does give you a little bit of a taste. It's not as strong as peanut butter. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not. It doesn't take over as much. It has an almond flavor. It has so. a nutty flavor. So this kind of has an almond cookie kind of taste to me. And it's sweet enough with just the um, pear. But if you really like it sweeter, you can drop you in your favorite sweetener, little my, honey. My recommendation on sweetener is to use a little bit of honey yeah. if you can, or a little agave nectar. Yeah. Because they are at least natural forms of sweet, and they don't. You could, a tiny bit goes a long way. <clears throat> right. So you could use just a couple drops of honey on a glass of this, and it'll pretty much take care of, you know, if you if it's not sweet enough. I think it's sweet enough personally, though. So that's basically Smoothie 101. If you have any further questions about smoothie making, I'm sure Sarah would be happy to answer them. You can write us at the Blind Alive community on Facebook or contactblindalive.com and we'll pass any questions that you might have along to Sarah. I really appreciate you being with us today, Sarah. I hope you'll come help us again sometime. Sure. Thank you. It's been me. lots of fun and now we all know how to make a smoothie. So we'll see you next time on Let's Eat. I love shakes. I don't usually call them smoothies because a lot of times mine don't turn out so smooth. Even though I have a super powerful blender, uh, sometimes I just do it too fast or I put them in in the wrong order. I will put in a whole lemon sometimes. I'll just cut the ends off of the lemon and dump that in there. And then I almost always throw in a turmeric root and some whole peppercorns and some raw honey. And that really makes a tasty shake. And sometimes they come out a little bit chunky because I will throw all kinds of things in there and you never quite know how it's going to turn out. But I just drink them down because they make me feel so good. I can just feel myself vibrating with energy and I just love them. So try it. Just try it and see what kinds of things you can put in and make up your own thing. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and have learned something about water exercise and you can enjoy the rest of your summer. Please go to the our website, blindalive.com, and subscribe to the newsletter. We've got some new things in the newsletter now, and I think you'll be interested in that. And the newsletter comes out whenever I've got something to say. I don't like to uh, overdo that because I think it's more annoying than it is helpful. So check it out and check us out. And uh, please tell people about 
the Eyes Free Fitness podcast and our website, blindalive.com. So until next time, remember that Abraham Lincoln said, most people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. See you next time.